Here's three great reasons to get the new Samsung Galaxy S21 5G at T-Mobile. One, it's free for both current and new customers when you trade in an eligible device. Two, T-Mobile's the leader in 5G coverage. So three, you can unleash 5G speeds in more places with your new phone. Get the new Galaxy S21 free at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G coverage. Phone via 24 monthly bill credits plus tax. If you cancel credit, stop and balance on required finance agreement may be due. Contact us. Qualifying credit and consumer plan required. See details at T-Mobile.com. Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome to the Truth to Power show. My name is Beverly D. And tonight we have Renee Hamilton with us. And uh, for those of you that's not familiar with Renee Hamilton, uh, he has Inner Soul Technology. Uh, he is the founder of that. And uh, let me pull Renee Hamilton and he can explain better. Renee Hamilton, are you there? Yes, I am here. Thank you so much, Beverly. How are you? Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Great, 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 great. For those of uh, the listeners that's not familiar with Renee Hamilton, can you tell them who you are and uh, about your business? Yes. Uh, well, it's, um, I guess you can say I um, make all sorts of um, art and interdimensional devices from a Beverly? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Noise, almost like a tinfoil being crinkled or something. Okay, can you still hear it? No, I mean, it came and gone. I, I just don't know what it, what it was. I couldn't even hear myself speak, actually, at the time. Okay, okay. I, I, I just don't know if you had to mute someone or, uh, you know, whatever. Okay, no, just let me know if you hear it again. Okay, yeah, I will. So, uh, yeah, uh, the name is, uh, you can call me uh, Renee uh, Hamilton, and I make all sorts of interesting artistic uh, creations that are interdimensionally based, meaning that the the uh, creations I make are kind of like a portal or vortex to different states of consciousness or different dimensions of existence. So I've made a whole line of different products um, based on that technology, pendants, bracelets, and um, energy power plates and energy patches that you can put on different uh, different uh, devices around your home and on your, on your body and whatnot. And I uh, do a lot of life coaching and teaching quantum psychology and really um, helping people understand the nature of reality and sort of awaken them to the reality, the true reality, what's really, what really is going on. So there's a lot of illusions and veils and misunderstandings and beliefs we have about ourselves and reality that are really just assumptions and um presumed uh, ideas that are presumed to be true without even in, in investigating them. So many are living within uh, an illusion, like a, an imaginary world in which uh, one has not even investigated their own beliefs or ideas to even see if they're true to begin with. So that leads to a lot of conflict and frustration in our lives because things just aren't working out the way we want them to. Well, that's just because we're not even investigating the truth. So, of course, things are not going to work out the way we want them to. We're not even dealing with reality. So I'm, uh, I spend a lot of time on helping people, um, counseling, and to help people um, really evaluate uh, 
what's really going on and get their mind straight and their thinking clear. Uh, and so one can recognize and the true nature of reality in, in, in each moment and not be confused by um, our past thinking and our past beliefs that were not even real to begin with. So I have a website that uh, shows all my uh, high energy devices and inventions. And you can go to innersoultech.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-S-O-U-L-T-E-C-H, innersoultech.com. And you can reach me there if you would like to like, book a consultation session or take a look at any of my technologies and artwork and products there. You can also reach me on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash innersoultech. That's I-N-N-E-R-S-O-U-L-T-E-C-H. So, yeah, and also on Facebook under Renee Hamilton, R-E-N-E Hamilton, H-A-M-I-L-T-O-N. Excellent. Yeah, and, and, and tonight you're going to be... Um, talking about dismantling the illusion of the physical reality and becoming a cosmic master of your mind. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it's, you know, the more we, um, the more we pay attention to what's happening right now, Mm-hmm. The more we can understand, or the, at least the more, the more we think we can understand what's happening right now, it it, it appears as though a great majority of souls or people here uh, are not focused on the, what's happening right now. Uh, most people seem to be focused on what they want to be happening, or what has happened. So we have to pay attention to what's going on right now, because right now is the only thing we can interact with. I cannot interact with the past, because it's not here to interact with. It's simply not here to interact with. And I cannot interact with the future, because it's simply not here to interact with. So there's no way to interact with the past, and there's no way to interact with the future. So the only thing I can interact with is right now. So why would I divert my attention away from right now, which is the only thing I can actually interact with, to focus on a world called the past or the future that I cannot interact with? Wouldn't that be a waste of energy to focus on a world that you cannot interact with and ignore the world that you can interact with? What would be the purpose of that? And the only purpose would be to avoid the truth, to avoid right now. Because if right now is the only thing that exists, <clears throat> then if I look away from that, then I must be looking towards something that does not exist, like the past or the future. So if all my energy and attention is focused on a world called the past or the future, and those worlds don't exist, then where's all my energy going? 
it's being sucked away into a void. It's, there is no energy in the future or the past because they don't exist. So whenever I'm focused there, I have low energy or no energy. See, that's why most people, when they start to reach in their mid-20s, stretching upwards into the 30s, 40s, 50s, the average person's energy starts to become lower and lower and lower. Our, our vital life force seems to diminish as we seem to age. And it, that's, really an, that's really part of an illusion. You see, children are living, most children are living in the now. They're, they're, all their energy and attention is focused in this exact present moment. And this exact present moment is the source of life. It's, it's the source of newness. So everyone, regardless of what religion you are, belief you have, age you are, you don't need to read a book to understand this, that every moment is brand new. Every single moment is 100% brand new. Again, anyone can observe that at any time. No, no belief or religion needed for that. So if every moment is brand new, then life itself must be brand new in every moment because life is, pre- life is what is presenting this new moment. So all the energy, all, everything happens now. If you break your leg, it happens now. If you get a disease, it happens now. If you win the lottery, it happens now. If you're making love, it's happening now. Everything you think and do is happening right now. So that's where life is happening. It's happening right now. So once we focus on the past, there is no life happening in the past. So all of our life force, all of our unlimited energy right now starts to be cut off because now there's no energy in the past or the future. What happens is... um, as children, we're more focused on the, the unlimited now, the unlimited imagination we have right now. And as we seem to age, we seem to focus less and less on the now and more on the past and more on the future. So, uh, as an example, focusing on, on the future constantly, which is, it seems to be a vast majority of females on Earth seem to be absolutely captivated by a future fantasy of a soulmate and a life partner to grow with and to reach a state of uh, physical sort of nirvana with. Um, And that fantasy of wanting to have the perfect mate or soulmate or husband or lover or whatever, that preoccupies the mind of a great majority of people on earth. And for men, uh, there are quite a few different things to occupy the man's mind a little more than the female's mind, and that's getting a stable society, uh, stable, uh, living through their career and 
getting lots of money and really getting themselves socially established. So a lot of our attention is focused on the future really heavily and never really focusing on right now, on on the what we are right now. We're always trying to make each moment better. Each moment of life we're always thinking, oh, there's something missing, there's something wrong, something wrong with my body, something wrong with my mind, something wrong with my health, something wrong with the world, poverty, politics, viruses, uh, you know, finances. The whole world just seems to be a problem in every moment. If it's not with myself, it's with others. If it's not with others, it's with environment. It's not with environment, it's with God. There's always something that we're complaining about or seems not right in each moment. And because of that, there's a constant stress upon our mind and our energy is being sucked away to these feelings and sensations that something is not right in every moment. And that's, that's always combined with things that have gone wrong in the past. We say, never mind all the things that are, are wrong with this moment right now. What about all the wrong things that have been done to me in the past? I got bullied in the past. I broke my leg in the past. So-and-so stole my money. Um, you know, I had a boyfriend or a girlfriend who was a bad breakup or I had a bad divorce or I had a miscarriage and lost a child. And there's all these past traumas that are going through our mind all day long. Not to mention future fantasies, whether they be sexual-based, financial-based, spiritual-based, religious-based, power-based, you know, who knows what. We also have, we also have to deal with the, uh, our fears of the future, of what we think the future could bring for us in a negative way. So the average person's mind is totally preoccupied with the future, future goals, future fears, past regrets, past trauma, past shame, past guilt, current fear, current wondering, current trying to figure out how things work, trying to deal with your health. The whole, our, our mind is just preoccupied with information. So much information, and we don't know how to sort it out. We don't know which of the information is true, not true. We're totally lost in the world of ideas. We're lost in a world of beliefs and concepts that rule our mind, that totally rule our day-to-day life. And these things are energies. So, for example, someone who is of a normal, balanced sexual energy may see a news report saying, Matt, serial rapist caught you know, raping 40 women over five years. And they may say, wow, how is that even, how could a man even bring themselves to, to rape a woman? Like how, how could they even be aroused over something like that? And this is someone who has a balanced sexual energy is thinking that to themselves. Yet the person who may have committed that rape the sexual energies within their body, within their soul, within their mind, 
may be so overwhelming that they literally have no choice in the matter but to act upon those energies. And at one point or another, we've all at some point reached the point where we lost control over the way our body reacts to certain energies. And I'm not saying that I'm passing the responsibility off on anyone else. I'm saying that we here are bombarded by all sorts of energies that we don't know how to deal with, we are unfamiliar with, or very strong and very powerful illusions. These energies are come to many different ways. It comes through anger, guilt, greed, vanity, uh, assumptions, deception. You know, these are the seven major energies that really control um, what seems to be mankind or humankind. Seven major energies, seven or eight, <clears throat> depending on how you frame it. It's lust, anger, greed, vanity, attachment, assumptions, and deception. And it's these energies that um, grip our mind. They grip our emotions. They grip our feelings. And if we have, if we have no um, foundation for understanding these energies these feelings or these emotions, um, then we might be um, tossed around in the wind <clears throat> like, a, like a kite being thrashed around in a windstorm. So our emotions really um, come from our beliefs, come from our ideas that we have formed about reality. And we have to ask ourselves, is anything I believe true, or are some things I believe true, or, or is nothing I believe true? We have to sort of come to some sort of um, understanding of how our mind is operating. We can't just randomly pick ideas that are true and randomly pick ideas that are not true and just throw them all together in our mind and, and think that we have some sort of working system there. Well, the average person has not really examined their own mind to see how their own mind operates. And it's because of this that the whole world seems to be in um, disarray. You know, we seemingly, seemingly have billions of people here who seemingly don't know who they are, wh why they're here, how they got here, what's going on, what their potential is. I mean pretty crazy that there's allegedly billions of people who don't know who they are or how, how they got here. So that seems to be the number one topic that ideally would be talked about. Hey, you know, like this world still hasn't figured out who we are yet. So I'm not sure why all of our resources are not being put towards that rather than put towards, you know, uh, other things that nothing to do with figuring out who we are. So <clears throat> we're going to talk about the illusions of the human mind, if you want to call it that, the human condition, and all about mastery of the mind. 
Now, we all have beliefs, and these beliefs we have, we're very attached to these beliefs. So let's just talk about attachment first and how that's going to relate to everything here, because everything that we're going to talk about relates down to attachment and what that really means. So if you are really attached to one chocolate bar, like a Kit Kat, and since you're three years old, you've had your first Kit Kat, and that's the only chocolate bar that you eat now. It's just, that's it. You are attached to it, and you couldn't imagine trying another chocolate bar. In fact, you don't even want to know that there's other chocolate bars because that's going to distract you from Kit Kat. So the deeper we are attached to something, the more we're not looking anywhere else at any other time. The more we're sort of hypnotized to stare or focus, mentally focus on a particular object or subject. So if I'm attached to the Kit Kat, I don't want to have a conversation with anyone else about other chocolate bars. I don't want to know there's other chocolate bars. I want Kit Kat to be the only chocolate bar that exists. So our attachments make us not want other things to exist. They want only what we're attached to to exist. That can involve when we're attached to something, we, we can't pull our head up to look elsewhere for anything else at any other time. So the more we are attached to something, the more we're just staring down a microscope at one molecule and never pulling our head up to look around the room. We're, we're never exploring reality anymore because we're too focused on this one attachment. So attachment makes you not want to explore reality. It makes you say, no, I'm fine with where I am. I'm fine with staring at this object. I'm fine with you know, fantasizing about this situation or this person or this job or whatever you're obsessed about. One becomes complacent. They just, they're just satisfied with mediocrity. They're, they're satisfied with that one object or whatever it is, and they have no idea or need or feeling to move forward or explore reality in any other manner. So it sort of uh, makes you close-minded makes you very uh, narrow-minded focus. So one of the other things we do is when we're attached to something is when someone contradicts us, we want to we actually feel attacked and we, we want to sometimes attack the other person or hurt the other person for just merely um, disagreeing with what we are attached to. So our attachments, you know, the number one attachment we have in our life is an attachment to a memory. So there's a memory that you have, and everyone has these memories, and this one memory we are so attached to, we will literally kill others to defend. Most people will kill 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 someone to, to defend this one particular memory. And that one particular memory is the memory of your past. So, for example... Some people get something 
called amnesia in their life, in which they totally forget their past or realize the past doesn't exist. It's one of the two. So, for example, let's just say right now you are talking with me on the phone right now and you happen to get amnesia while you're talking to me on the phone and just totally forget your past. So you would still exist right here and now, but you wouldn't have any past to talk about. So if you still exist, but you forgot the past, then you could never have been the past. Like whatever the past was telling you you are could never have been you because you still exist right now without the past. So like children, newborn children, they have no past yet they're still existing. They have no memory of the past, but yet they still exist. So do we need a memory of the past in order to exist? Do we need some story about ourselves in the past in order to exist right now? Or do we exist right now regardless of that story that we are telling ourselves? So there's this memory we have that says, oh, you're born here, you're born there, you, you, you work here, you dated this person, you have these kids, you know, your name is so-and-so, you, your height and weight is this and that. This is a big, giant, long story about everything that you are. And that story that we're telling ourselves is memorized. It's memorized. So when something is memorized and repeats itself, that's a program. It's a script a Hollywood script. It's the same story repeating itself over and over again. Same lines, same actors saying the same lines over and over again. So basically our whole life story is a memorized, pre-written script. It's a script. Okay, so anything that repeats is a program. Anything that is a program is automated and has no free will. So if you had free will, you'd be using imagination right now to determine what you are. You would you'd, you have access to unlimited imagination, and you just choose what you are or whatever you want to appear as. But we don't use our imagination. Instead, we use our memory. And our memory never changes. That's the problem is our past slash memory never changes. So if our, if our memory of ourselves is never changing, how can we change? We can't because our memory is not changing. So the only way to make change in your life is to get outside of memory, is to get into something that's new. See, memory is old, so we need newness. So in order to bring about newness, we have to let go of the oldness. The oldness is a memory of who we think we are. In every single moment of life, we have this voice in our head, this movie in our head, this narration in our mind telling us who we are, telling us what we're doing. If we, if we go to our, to our refrigerator, that voice in our mind is saying, oh, you're hungry, open the refrigerator door. And then you open the door and the voice says, okay, what do I want to eat? An apple, some leftover lasagna, some, some rice, you know, some eggs. So there's this voice 
moment by moment, telling you what you're doing, telling you where you're going, where you are, and what's happening. It's almost like this professional narrator narrating every moment of, it, of your life. And the thing is, is that we believe almost every single thing that is being said. doesn't matter what that voice says. We, we believe almost everything it says. So there's this voice telling us what reality is, and we believe almost every word of it. It's not asking us what reality is. It's telling us what reality is. See, we need to pay attention to that voice because it's not asking us what reality is. It's not even curious as to what reality is. It thinks it knows what reality is. It's, it is certain that whatever it is saying is true. So where did that voice come from and whose voice is that? Is that even your voice to begin with? So we have uh, an issue where there's this voice spouting out ideas to us all day long. And the average person has between 60 to 90,000 thoughts per day. So that voice in your head is spouting out 60 to 90,000 thoughts per day. And 95% of those thoughts are the same thoughts you had the day before and day before and day before and day before. So we're basically bombarded by the same story within our mind all day long. And what happens when you place your attention upon something, upon anything at all? Wherever you place your attention, energy goes there. Life force goes there, like real life force. I'm not talking like theoretical. I'm talking like if a woman, a mother, has a newborn child and she neglects that child, doesn't hug the child, doesn't look at the child, doesn't talk to the child, that child is most likely going to die just due to lack of attention, lack of love, lack of care, and neglect. But if the mother puts her attention on that child, looks at the child, thinks of the child, sends warm, loving ideas and thoughts to the child, hugs the child, talks to the child, that, that attention is going to give life force to that child, and that child will grow up to be super mentally healthy and well-adjusted due to all the loving attention. Just kidding. So our attention it literally is the force of life. It can literally bring something to life or take away life and let it wither into nothingness. So our attention is the actual power of life. I mean, it's, it's that powerful. So when we place some, our attention on fear, what happens? The fear grows. When we place our attention on love, what happens? The love grows. So when we place our attention upon thoughts and ideas about reality that we believe to be true, what happens to those thoughts and ideas that we believe to be true? They grow. And it tur- and that, that, those thoughts and ideas repeat, repeat themselves in our mind all day long, all day long. So our, our whole mind is being preoccupied by thoughts and ideas that repeat themselves and they won't shut up 
and they're getting stronger and stronger and stronger and bigger and bigger and bigger because we keep on paying attention to them more and more and more and more. So our whole world becomes dominated by these thoughts and ideas and feelings, and we simply become lost inside of them. Thoughts are like quicksand. The more you move around in them, the more you get stuck. Okay? The more you use thoughts, the more you get stuck in them. So these thoughts appear to be real things happening in our life. Like when you go and look at your car. You're not actually looking at a car. You're looking at your thoughts about what you think is a car. You're not even looking outside yourself. You're looking at a screen inside of your mind of, of what you think is there. And if I was to change my thoughts about that car, then how it would appear would also change. If I'm to change my imagination about something or my beliefs about something, then how I see it will change. So if my ideas about life are never changing or rarely changing, then is anything going to change in my world? No. So if the average person is thinking between 60 and 90,000 thoughts per day and 95% of them are the same thoughts they had the day before, then what's changing in their reality? Very little because their thoughts are the same. So we have a, an addiction to the thinking the same thoughts and to pondering on the same stories, stories that we believe to be true, stories about ourselves, stories about others, stories about the world, stories about the universe. We believe stories. Just like when we were a little child and our mother, father, or grandma, or grandpa, or teacher would read to us, and we'd be visualizing these stories in our mind. As they read to us, we'd be visualizing these worlds. And we love to be read to. But that hasn't changed. We still love to be read to. We still love our stories. It's just that now we want others to read us stories. We want them to be on TV. So we turn the TV on, and there's a, a face there telling us stories, stories about War in Iraq, war in Afghanistan, in North Korea, war in the U.S., war here, war there, and stories about poverty, stories about debt, stories about um, viruses and diseases and all sorts of stories all day long. And we listen to those stories, and we say to ourselves, these aren't stories, these are real things. We say, I better be concerned about these real things. Yet, are they real? Because you're just sitting in your living room listening to some words, and those words form images in our mind. And we think the images in our mind are real happenings. But are they? Or are they just passing images in your mind? Like, for example... As I'm speaking right now, each word I say, you're seeing a picture in your mind for that word. As I, and as I speak in a sentence, all these images I'm saying get put together in like a sequence. 
So you can say there are pictures, pictures in motion, motion pictures. So as we speak to others, and as they speak to us, we see movies in our mind. Motion pictures, pictures in motion. But words do. Words create pictures. Our words are like electrical impulses, sending imagery with them. So when someone hears it, it creates an imagery in their mind. So we could say that us talking is like the Internet. As we're talking back and forth, these electrical impulses are going back and forth from one person to another, creating this electrical Internet of information. So as I speak, you're seeing images in your mind. Now what if I'm to speak words to you that are lies and distortions from the truth? And you're to believe those words I say. You're to believe the images. You're to believe the movie, the motion picture in your mind. Then what would happen to your reality if you believed a false reality? Then you wouldn't be seeing the truth anymore. You definitely wouldn't be seeing the truth anymore. What would happen as a result of that would be a reality that became increasingly confusing and distorted. So only if you were to investigate my claim and actually investigate what I said, only then would you be able to determine whether what I said is the truth or not. Otherwise, you just have to take my word for it. So we can use our words, which are movies, to lie, to deceive, to distort. We can also use these words, these movies, to um, help others or help ourselves clear our own illusions. So our words can either be bullets and weapons that distort, cause a disruptive reality for others, or our words could be messages of love and of truth that awaken us out of our own self-imposed illusion. So we have to really ponder on that each time we open our mouths to express ourselves because our words are literally carrying whole realities with them in each moment. So the power of our words is the power of the word. Power of spelling. Now to put a spell on someone is simply to get them to believe what you want them to believe. You have to speak it or spell it out. You have to provide someone with a concept, an idea, that is false, and have them believe it. That is putting a spell. Because if they believe it, then they're all, their, all their own energy and focus is going onto that idea or concept. So you basically trap their energy within a loop. All their energy is being caught in, in, into that one concept. It would almost be like the ability to make someone an, an addict. Imagine whoever you wanted to, you could just say a few words to them and suddenly they are heroin addicts and they, and they wouldn't be able to function in, in their life anymore because they're too busy doing heroin. That's similar to how a spell works. You have someone believe something, something that is disruptive to them, and then their own energy goes and makes that situation bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger because they can't stop thinking about it. And eventually, 
it implodes upon them if they can't release that idea. So the ability to understand uh, where our attention is being focused in every moment and be aware of that is of tremendous importance. Because if we're not aware of where our energy and attention is being focused in each moment, and we're not paying attention, then our energy is being used in ways um, that may seem to be unbeneficial for you and or others. And this seems to be the case in which what seems to be a whole social groups, cultural groups, uh, countries, uh, whole waves of humanity seem to be caught within thought loops, within belief loops, within information waves that one cannot seem to understand where the origin is coming from. Where is the origin of these thoughts coming from? And we have to pay attention to where everything comes from. Everything exists in the now or comes out of this moment. So basically, there are a few things to notice about reality. Um, you can't say they're laws, but they're sort of what seems to be the case. It seems to be that every moment is brand new and every moment is changing. And so you could say that's a law or a what seems to be there, or what, what what you notice, however you want to put that. Every moment seems to be 100% brand new and changing. Second thing we notice is that every moment, because it's brand new and because it's changing, we don't know what's going to happen next. We don't know what's going to happen next. So every moment's brand new and changing, and we never know what's going to happen next. So what that means is, Every moment is a 100% surprise. Every moment is always a surprise because it's always new and changing and we never know what's going to happen next. So this is just observable. This is just the way it is. So we've, we've somehow ignored that, that newness, that changing, and the idea that, that we don't know what's going to happen next, and we sort of reverse that. We say, hey, every moment is old, not new. I know what's going on in each moment, and I have expectations for every moment. I expect that my name is going to be the same name in the next 10 seconds. I expect the sun to be you know, coming around the corner in the next five hours. I expect this to happen. I expect my girlfriend to have this waiting for me. I expect my mom to do this. I expect my brother to do that. We have all these expectations in every moment. Um, when every moment really is brand new and changing and we never know what's going to happen next. So there's no way to really know what's happening. But we pretend like we know what's happening. We pretend that we know what's happening in each moment. We think we know what reality is in each moment. And it's because, it is, it is because of this fake, uh, fake or false knowing 
that reality is no longer fun anymore. When we were children, we know we didn't know anything. So life was about exploration. It was about exploring reality. It was always magical. It was always brand new. And once we started to think we know things, this this newness sort of faded away. Now we have names and labels and descriptions for everything. Nothing's new anymore. And we, and we think we know everything. So nothing is a surprise. Nothing is a wonder. Not, there's nothing to explore anymore because we think we know everything. So all this joy, all this wonder, all this magic has seemingly vanished because we have pretended we know, because we pretend we know how reality works when we don't know. We've stopped exploring. So when we stop exploring or expanding, nothing changes. If there's nothing changing, then there's nothing new. There's nothing exciting. So we've really um, not allowed ourselves to be be humble and to actually legitimately admit to life we know nothing. Once we literally admit that and we we actually mean it, then life says, okay, now you're ready for me to show you something bigger and better. So the average person simply will not and will not ever glimpse a higher reality until they become humble enough to admit they know nothing. In the midst of thinking we know something, we're not allowing something greater to come through. We're not allowing the truth to actually show up because we already think we have the truth. So there's no way for, for truth to make itself known if we're already rejecting it. So our mind is basically like a movie studio. It's, it's like a Hollywood movie studio. Whatever we believe, whatever we, whatever our opinions are, whatever our imagination is in each moment, that is what we are seeing and experiencing. We literally have full range to choose what we want to experience in each moment. And all we have to do is place our attention there, then real that then that reality will show up within our world. If you are addicted to sex, you're gonna be online looking at porn sites. You're gonna be out there in the real world, going to swinger clubs, going to backroom orgies or Tinder dates or whatever it is, because that's what you're focused on. If that's if you're focused on that. You're going to move towards more sexual-based reality. If you're more focused on math, you're going to go to math symposiums and read up on textbooks and work your theories out in paper or whatever you're doing. So likewise uh, with gardening or flying airplanes. So whatever we, wherever we place our attention, our energy goes. So... We really have to be clear as to where we're placing our attention. 
Because if we're placing our attention on things that we don't like, then we're going to have a problem. And we're going to be having a, a world full of things that we don't like that are growing bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. For example, we have a lot of likes. Um, you know, for example, some people love to bake. They love to bake pastries and cakes and whatnot, and they really enjoy that. And they believe that that's their calling in life. And they have so we have a lot of beliefs that we enjoy about life. You know, it could be gardening, baking, you know, writing, artwork, whatever. Uh, but we also have beliefs that we don't like, like beliefs like, you know, I wish there was no more racism. I wish, you know, governments would just smarten up or, um, you know, the world is shambles and <clears throat> all these. So when we have beliefs that we don't, when we have beliefs that we do not like, our energies are, are going there all day long and those sensations of unpleasant sensations are growing within us all, all day long. So there's this constant stress in the background because we have beliefs about the world that are unpleasant. So the problem with beliefs is, is they're just ideas in our mind. They're just literally movies in our mind. But somehow we have made those movies so real within our mind that we think they're actually real. So a thought, for example, thoughts come and go. They're not solid. They're not solid objects sitting there. They, they come and they go. So they're not permanent. They're temporary. And just like a belief, a belief is not sitting there, visually sitting there all day long. If I'm trying to bake a cake, I'm focused on baking the cake. I'm not focused on my, on my belief about motorcycles in 1965. So our beliefs are not even there all, all the time anyways either. They're just temporarily there. They, they come for a bit and then they go away throughout the day. So beliefs are just temporary movies that occupy our mind that we think are real and we give them energy. So are anything, are any beliefs actually real? I mean, have, has anyone ever touched a belief or tasted a belief or heard a belief or seen a belief? No one has any interaction with a belief. They're simply ideas floating around in our mind. Ideas that we hope are true or want to be true. But are any beliefs true? Because all they can do is just repeat themselves all day long. And how, how can something that can only repeat itself, how could that be true? Now that's, that's, that's like a program stuck on, on repeat for the next thousand years, saying the same thing over and over again. How could that be true? This cannot be true. So we have the ability to observe our minds or to observe 
what's going on within our consciousness, within our mind. If we pay attention, we can see what's really going on. And the biggest, the, the best way for me to explain this, and I'm going to say this right now, and hopefully as many of you are listening right now can grasp this next con- concept, because once you, once you do, it's, everything starts to unravel. The, the illusion starts to unravel more and more and more. Okay, so here's the illusion. I'm going to say this very clearly. Everything before this moment, literally everything before this moment, like everything starting one second ago to the very beginning of whatever, everything before this moment is located within your memory. Everything. Every bathroom break you've had, every movie you've seen, every skyscraper, car, Every life form, every experience you've had, every, the mountains, the sun, the moon, literally your whole universe, everything that you can ever conceive of that you've ever experienced right now is happening inside of your memory. That means the entire universe is inside of you, inside of your memory. Like like everything that you think about mountains. Okay, mountains are huge. Look how massive those are. No, it's actually inside of you. That whole imagery, that whole story is inside of your mind. So clearly the mountains and the skyscrapers and the cars and the whole world and the whole universe, whatever imagery or feelings or sensations that you are recalling from the past, all of that is inside of you. It's you, you literally are recreating the universe every time you have a memory of the past. In fact, your memories are not even memories. They're imaginations. Because if I want to remember something from the past, I have to reimagine it. I have to visualize it. What if I had no visualization capabilities? Then I wouldn't be able to remember something from the past because I have no way to visualize it. So in order to to visualize the past, you have to imagine it. You have to reimagine it. That means the past is not the past. It's actually your imagination right now. Because right now, you're using your imagination to recreate the image of the past. But you're doing that in the now moment. So there is no past. There simply is you using your imagination right now, looking at that imagination and saying, hey, that's an image of the past. <coughs> but it's not an image of the past. It's, it's, it's happening now. Just because it says it's an image of the past doesn't mean it is. It's, it's happening now. Everything happens now. So we have this image in our mind that is telling us that the past exists, but that image is is a liar. It's not true. It's not real. All we have to do is use our own eyes right now and notice every moment's brand new, every moment is changing, and I never know what's going to happen next. Then we can see the past does not exist. So 
we are watching this giant movie studio within our mind play images back and forth, and we think the images are real. Yet, we can go lay down at nighttime and close our eyes and have a dream experience in another world, so to speak, and it feels real. And when you're in that world, you don't even know how you got there. It's not like you were born in the dream world. It's not like you have a memory of being born in that dream world and growing up there. You just show up there every every night. You just show up in some other setting in some other dream world, and and then it just goes away. And when you're there in that dream world, you're you're not thinking about the physical body. You're not thinking, oh, I wonder what I'm doing in bed. I wonder what time it is, or you have no memory of the physical body. So, when you open your eyes, you see this world here. And yet, strangely enough, you think this world is real. But wait, you can't even remember being born in this world, can you? We can't even remember being born in this world. So what makes us think we were born? You know, it's kind of like that dream world. You just showed up there. So maybe it's because we were never born. You know, maybe it's because we were never born. And this is part of the dream world as well. See, what's happening is is that is that we have a story, and it's a story about ourselves. We have created a story like from the time that we think we were born until now, and. We believe everything about that story. We are caught up in the energies of that story. Almost like reading a book from the library and forgetting that it's a book you're reading and thinking that this is actually all about you. So we get caught up in that story and we start to identify as the character of the story rather than the one who is watching the character. So... Basically, we are source watching the life of Renee being lived, Beverly being lived, you know, Jonathan being lived. And we forgot that we are the one who's watching, and we start to think that we are the character in the dream. Basically, we are, we are source having a dream that we are a human being right now. That human being is not real not a real thing. It'd be like you painting some cartoon characters on a uh, an artwork drawing. No matter how, how hard those, those characters try to enlighten themselves or wake up, they, they can't because they're, just, they're not real. They're just cartoon characters. So, main thing that's happening here is that we have these Characters that we call ourselves. Um, the character here, you, you could say, would be called Renee. And Renee has a certain height and weight and shape and age and blah, 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 blah. But all those qualities I just mentioned are not real. They're just assumed. They're just, they're just ideas floating around in my infinite mind. Just like your own description 
is one of many trillions of ideas floating around within your mind. So, for example, everyone has unlimited imagination. And we don't need to go to school to understand that. We just know that there's no beginning or ending to our imagination. And, that, and the image of our body is simply one image within, out of billions and trillions of images within our mind. So our body is really just one image projected from our imagination. Not a solid object. If you were to use your imagination right now to view reality, how big would reality be right now? It'd be unlimited. It'd be completely unlimited. Because our imagination is unlimited. But when we use our limited beliefs to look at reality, then reality appears to be limited. And so do we. So this body, the, the, the appearance physical body is here only because we have a limited belief about ourselves. If our if we unlimited our understanding of ourselves, the body would cease to exist. We would, because we would be unlimited at, at that point. We have to realize what is going on right now that we are the source of reality dreaming all of this up right now. So the physical body or the world in front of us is the world of form, is the world of shapes, the world of sound and color and light. It is the world of substance. And that world is always changing. It's always moving and it's always temporary. But we are the ones who is watching that world. So we are here permanently. We are formless, shapeless, colorless, heightless, no weight. We have no properties to us. We are dimensionless, transparent, intelligent wisdom. We're just floating here. Everything else is happening within us, the whole universe. Uh, the body that you, that you see in front of you, everything that you see in the world and the universe is, is showing up like a movie in front of you or within you, almost like a interactive hologram happening within your own mind. So we are, this world we're seeing is the world of imagination. We have to give meaning to every moment in our life in order for that moment to have meaning to us. So, in order for me to have a description of this moment, I would have had to give this moment meaning of some sort. I'd have to say that in this moment, I'm Renee, I'm sitting here in a chair, talking into a microphone, blah, 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 blah. We have to describe reality to ourselves in every moment. And it is that description that we voluntarily give that is our reality. If we don't describe reality, 
then what is it? It doesn't, there's nothing. It doesn't even exist un, until we describe it. So it is our describing of reality that is the creation of the world we live in. How you describe reality to yourself makes all the difference. If you don't describe your, yourself or anything else, what exists? Nothing. So the act of creation is the act of describing reality. The act of describing anything is the act of creating that thing. The act of describing your brother or what you think of the brother is the act of creating a brother. So it is our descriptions that create the reality that we exist in. Because now we are declaring what something is. We are telling the universe, that is what you are. That's it. And so the universe says, okay, and gives you that. So we have described ourselves into this situation right now. And the only thing that we are bound to is our own descriptions. Because we can control that. We can decide to undescribe something. And to undescribe something is to see something for how it really is rather than how we are telling it is or declaring it is or wishing it was. The only way to see something clearly is through non-judgment. And by not describing something, I'm not judging it. I'm not applying qualities or properties to it. I'm letting it be neutral. Okay, so the key word, neutral. See, in that word neutral is the word new. So the only way for something to be neutral is to be new, because the new is the unknown. The known is never neutral. The known already has a position. It's right, it's wrong, it's, it's, it's tall, it's short, it's fat, it's, it's long, it's, it's dangerous, it's good. You know, it, it has some sort of description putting it into some category. But if you don't describe something, there is no category. It's neutral. It's new. In fact, the word respect is all about newness. Respect is two words broken down. It's spect, which is spectral or vision, or specter, or to see. So spect means vision or to see. And re, R-E, means new or, or recycled. So... Respect means to see new. So you've all heard that familiarity breeds contempt. Well, this would be the opposite. This is like in order to respect something, in order to see something clearly, you have to see it new. So when are we on our best behavior? When we're meeting someone new for the first time. So, because we have no judgments, we have no preconceived notions about that person, we have no memory to apply to them. So you see them new, you see them fresh, clean. But in order to see yourself clearly or to have clairvoyance, clairvoyance means to see clear. 
in order to see yourself clearly, you cannot judge yourself. You cannot even have a description for yourself. You can't even say, I'm a human being, my name is John Williams. Nothing. There cannot be a single description of height, weight, shape, color, status, um, anything in the past, anything in the future, like absolutely nothing. Dead blankness. That way you're being neutral. That way you can see what's really here and what you really are without trying to project a story on top of what you are, without trying to project a memory on top of what you are. That way you can see yourself clearly. That's clairvoyance. See that? Our, our third eye is our imagination. That's it. When anyone, when any, whenever anyone talks about imagination, or sorry, whenever anyone talks about the third eye, what they're really talking about is their imagination. So if your imagination is open fully, then how big is your reality going to be? Unlimited. But if your imagination is really closed to the point where it's robotic, that would mean that you're using your beliefs to view reality, which close your imagination and give you a very robotic, limited view of reality. It is the process of removing the limitations you placed upon the imagination. The limitations you placed upon your imagination are called beliefs. It is the process of removing those limits upon your imagination, removing your, your beliefs or letting them go or discovering their nonsense. That is the process of what we call enlightenment or waking up or ascension. It's not in no. activating. That's not in activating a kundalini or this or that or whatever. It's removing the artificial reality, the artificial limitations we place upon our already unlimited imagination. That's already unlimited, never has not been unlimited. In fact, everyone here was born with unlimited imagination, fully active. It's, it's only uh, seemingly afterwards did beliefs get introduced to that unlimited imagination and then pull us out of that magical world into this hellish reality of robotic repetition and just nightmare scenarios. So it is the beliefs that we find our consciousness, our life force trapped inside of our own beliefs, literally trapped inside of our beliefs. It is though, it is though the thoughts and beliefs have possessed our being. We literally can't see it. It's like a wall. It's like a, a heavy blanket upon our energy field that we feel this, this pressure, this unhappiness, this discontent, this, this sensation that something is wrong with me or with the world or with others. Something needs to be fixed. Something something. We need to be saved. You know, there, there, there's some sort of sensation that this ain't right. You know, I, I shouldn't be here or this world's wrong or something. That now meaning, I have a question. Yes. Now, what about when we say that 
we we learn from our past. We learn from our past mistakes. You know, how, how would I know how to tie my shoe if I don't go into my memory and remember from the past when I was taught to tie my shoe? Sure. It's not, it's not a memory. It's actually an imagination. So because you mm-hmm. are, you you are unlimited imagination, you can imagine scenarios in which you are repeating certain movements that are indicative of tying a shoe. Just because you declare that imagination to be coming from the past doesn't mean it's coming from the past because it's happening now. You're imagining everything's happening now. You've got to realize thinking happens now. Going to the bathroom happens now. You know, making love happens now. Watching a movie happens now. Everything happens now, even imagination. So, but, so if that imagination that you're imagining now says, hey, this is images from the past, it's irrelevant where it says it's coming from because it's happening now. It's all coming from there now. It's 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 as though you draw a, a painting on a canvas, and that character starts to speak and says, "Hey, I'm actually not on the canvas. I'm actually beside you." Would you actually look beside you? to see if that character is there? No, because you know it's only on canvas. You you know no matter what it says, it's only on the canvas because you painted it. So it doesn't matter what the canvas says, it's still a canvas. It doesn't matter what a movie says to you while it's playing, it's not real, right? You go watch a movie, right. whatever, no matter what happened on the movie screen, it wasn't real. Like, whatever you saw wasn't a real event, right? Right. Right. So whatever your mind shows you or says to you is not a real event. Why? Because it's happening in your mind. It's happening in your mind. So how could it have it been a real happening externally? It couldn't have been. It's in your mind. It's, it's, it's a voice or a vision in your mind or a sound or a sensation in your mind telling you what it is. It's not asking you what it is. It's telling you. So if it's telling you something, is it interested in your in your opinion? Are your memories in your opinion? No. They'll 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 show you what it wants. It won't ask you, hey, what do you want to see or what what's your other perspective of this? No, it just tells you shows you what, what it wants. Like, like a mind control program with no input from yourself. So everything in your memory, what do you think your actual substance of your memory is made out of? That substance. Do you have any clue? No. I mean, you're talking about thought, memory? Yeah, like... Yeah, like thoughts or like light, like like lights in your mind, you know, like lights in your mouth, in your head or whatever, right? Mhm, mhm. Energy. If we visualize, yeah, if we visualize our memory, then there's there's some sort of imagery there. There's some sort of energy, electricity, some sort of light, hologram or something, right? 
now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you were to imagine New York and imagine Los Angeles at the same time in your mind, is there any distance between one image in your mind and another image in your mind? No, they all in, in my mind. They're all it's all in the same spot, right? Yeah. So every everything before this moment, everything before this moment, was any of it separate from anything else, or was it all just in your mind, all just together in your mind as one thing? Everything before this moment. Me? No, it's all in my mind. And it's all one. It's all, it's yeah. not separate. See what I'm saying? There never was separation. It, it, it was always one giant imagery in your mind. So any stories, what? So, so when they say that, you know, everything that we think is in the ether, so yeah. how do I know I'm not picking up thoughts that's just out in the ocean, the ocean of the ether, versus my imagination, or Your thoughts imagination? taking over? Mm-hmm. Okay. First of all, Beverly, okay. Mm-hmm. How should I say this? Okay, so you are dimensionless. You are dimensionless, intelligent, creative observer. You have no height, you have no weight, no color, no gender, no shape, no age, no name. You are literally nothing. Nothing that is all intelligence. You are just this invisible intelligence infinitely creative, just sitting here, okay? That's you. Everything else, other than this nothing, this this transparent, empty space, everything that manifests, that has any sort of shape, color, some sort of substance, is happening within you, as though you are nothingness, and then you suddenly have imagination, and suddenly this imagination just shows up. So that imagination, that, that, that form, that color, that sensation, okay, that's all a dream. It's all imagination dreaming, kind of like a daydream. Okay? Now, the dream of life, the dream of life is coming from you. You are the one who is interpreting or giving meaning to every moment. That is the dream. That is you giving energy to the dream to keep the storyline going. So the whole world is contained within your memory, and it exists nowhere else. Everything outside of your memory is 100% boundless energy that is imagination. So there's, there's, there's only two things happening. Your memory, which is very limited, and everything outside of that is 100% unlimited imagination, boundless freedom, boundless energy, boundless life force, exploding in every direction, everywhere, eternally, at all times. That's what's really happening. Mm -hmm. So 
memory is the is the active denial that unlimitedness is happening everywhere at once. If I want to deny that unlimitedness is happening, then I have to focus on something the opposite of, of unlimited. I have to focus on limitation. Then I, so then I create a whole story of limitation, and, that, and then I declare that I am that limitation. There, therefore, I could put 100% of my focus away from the truth, away from the unlimitedness, onto the illusion. And then when I'm here in this illusion, I say, holy shit, who am I? What am I? What am I doing here? Because now I decided I want to experiment with being limited. But I've convinced myself that I am limited because I'm, I am a source. So whatever I say happens. So if I want to choose the illusion of being limited, I can do that. And I can show up in this physical body, in this world with seven, uh, seven billion other bodies who no one else knows who they are either. Because we're all denying the obvious that every moment is unlimited. And this isn't something that you need to read about or meditate on. It's, it's already obvious. Have you ever seen a beginning or ending to any moment ever? No. Have you ever seen the beginning or ending of any movement ever? You know, any movement of anything, anywhere. Like, it's all connected. There's, there's no individual movements on Earth. There never have been. It's one giant wave of movement that's just happening. It's just, it's all one. There's no separation between the movements. Is there any way to separate the light from one edge of the room to another? No, it's all one light. Is there any way to separate sounds from from each other? No, it's all a bunch of sounds and light bouncing around. Everything is just one giant ocean. It's the big giant ocean of just creation in every direction infinitely. You, you can take a microscope to your piece of paper in front of you and zoom in for the next 10,000 years and you still will not come to the end of those atoms and molecules. You could point your telescope or microscope in any direction at any point in time and never come to the ending or beginning of where all this space starts or ends. We're simply living in an ocean of in- infiniteness, dreaming that there's limitation happening somewhere at all times when it's nowhere to be found. It's just, I mean, is there any way to divide this moment into pieces? No. So how could we declare that anything is unwhole or that there is something called individualism when everything is is just whole and everything is just indivisibleness? Life cannot be divided. So what about when, just say, when I, I started the radio uh, show tonight and when I ended, isn't that no. a beginning and an end? No. Because, no, because all that really was was just you having a thought of starting a show and ending a show. Mm-hmm. So does the thought have a beginning or ending? 
Okay, that energy is steady flowing. Okay. Because it's always there. Like your your perception of that moment is limited. Meaning that if I'm to take um, the telephone and I'm to zoom in on the telephone, there's no beginning or ending to the telephone. Like it's I I can literally spend the next ninety years zooming in on those atoms. So is that really a telephone I'm holding? Or is it in or is it infinity shaped as a telephone? You know infinity shaped as a phone, yeah, right. Phone. Is, is Beverly Beverly or is Beverly infinity shaped as Beverly talking? Mm-hmm. Everything is infinite already. It's already infinite. It's just that infinity is shaped as everything. It's shaped as your pair of glasses, as your cigarette, as your your toenails, as the dog, as the mass murderer, as the virus. That you know, it's it's infinity is everything. So it's just playing around with itself. Even 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 a, a true spiritual seeker seeking for truth. Okay? Who who has leg problems or back problems or has some sort of critical illness. Even that moment is source acting as the spiritual seeker, acting as the spiritual seeker who has the broken leg or the cancer or whatever. Every even the the nasty, ugly, weird, deranged, neurotic, psychotic stuff happening in reality is source acting that out. And th- this is where, you know, a lot of the light warriors or love and lighters, there's a breakdown right now because they're like, wait. God is good, God is pure, God wipes away all illusion, God can never show up as this demonic energy or this unawareness, or God would never allow this to happen or that to happen, or God's a vegetarian, or God would never, you know, there's all these expectations people think they know about God or what God is or God isn't, that when, that, that we literally can't even see that right now is God, like this moment is God. Because we have we have judgments about this moment, about every single moment in our whole life, we have judgments about. We're like him walking, that's the sidewalk. Oh, that kid over there, he just stole the chocolate bar. Oh, the weather's bad. You know, look at my look at my pants, they're too short. Like every single second, our mind is preoccupied with labels, descriptions, whole whole uh, paradigms based on separation, based on thinking that what you think is true, when really the, all that's here is infinity, God, shaped as everything, doing everything. In fact, there is no Renee, and there's no Beverly. That, that's not even there. There is no Renee Beverly. There's simply life Beverlying, or acting as Beverly. There's simply life Reneeing, or... You can say when there's a car crash, there's life car crashing, or someone's having sex. Life is sexing. Life is doing everything. There's 
There's no actual real individual in the body. There's no body that has a soul in there, okay? There's no soul in the body to get captured or taken away. There's no soul to reincarnate. It's literally source and everything else. And everything else is coming from source. Source is the invisible mind, the invisible creator, the invisible uh, intelligent, invisible nothingness. And out of that nothingness comes everything. It's like, it's like nothingness imagines everything. And that's what's happening. The imagination, even though source is imagining cows and dogs and termites and whatever, bats, and they appear as different objects or species or whatever, that's, that's still source. Source is unlimited. It, source is unlimited. So whatever it does is going to be made out of the same thing that it is. If it is unlimited, then what it's, when it's making, it must also be made of the same thing, which is unlimitedness. But it shapes that unlimitedness into unique patterns called humans, called dogs and cats and, you know, and whales and the air, whatever. Other worlds, other beings. So source, which is this invisibleness that you are, this watcher, this awakeness, this aliveness that you are, is shaping itself into everything. The, the, the appearance that it is individual people is a misperception. It's a error in logic. It's a misthought. It's a it's a reversed thought. It's it's nothing more than an error in thinking. It's not some big mystical test that you have to go through in order to realize the truth. It's simply a misunderstanding of what's happening right now. We simply have avoided living through experience, and we, we instead start to live through beliefs. We live through experience experientially right now. We know there's more to us than what we think about ourselves or believe about ourselves. We know that. We don't need to get second-in-the-hand advice on that. We know there's more to us than we think and believe. But yet we still, in in, in the face of that, we don't suspend our belief. We just say, okay, well, I'll just continue to believe this until I'm shown otherwise. Full well knowing that there's more to us than what we believe. So we're, we're continually pushing the truth away by not letting go of our delusions that, that we know are, are un, untrue or lacking insight. We, we, we know there's more to others than what we say about them or think about them. We know there's more to everything than what we say about everything. But yet we don't suspend our beliefs or judgment. Instead, we just keep on believing that, thinking somehow one day we're going to be saved from our own limitation. Jesus or God or, or ascension or something is going to take me out of this physical world. No, man. This physical world doesn't even exist. It's simply... Here, because our thoughts are repeating. The, the physical reality is not physical. It's simply imagination that is caught on repeat. 
And when you repeat something over and over and over and over again, like, like, like hypnosis, it leaves an imprint upon our consciousness, an imprint, just like how we all remember seeing those planes hit the World Trade Center on 9-11 because it was shown on TV 50, 100 million times over the next two years. It's that image is imprinted in our, within our consciousness. And it appears to be some, a, a real event within our mind. Likewise, the more we repeat thoughts, the more they show up within our consciousness and the more they appear solid until you actually believe them full-blown and they actually show up. So, for example, if I, had, if I never had a repeating thought in my mind ever, Every thought was brand new. Every imagination was brand new. Would there ever be any solidity in my reality if, if there's never a repeating thought or idea? No. It'd be just totally brand new in, in, in every moment. So in order, in order to have something solid in our reality, there has to be repetition. It has to be at least twice the same thought being thought of or, or mentioned. So the physicalness is not physical. It's really just our thoughts repeating themselves so fast, so many times, it appears to have accumulated so much energy that it appears to be solid. So just like a person could be crippled yeah. and... They can use their imagination and not be crippled? Yes, because the crippledness is their imagination as well. The, 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 the being crippled is their imagination. So they can use their imagination to uncripple or unimagine that crippledness. So just say you were in a, a car accident and your leg got messed up in the car accident. You didn't imagine that that happened, right? Yeah, you did. Everything is imagined. Physical form, like physical substance, physical matter is made out of imagination. It, it, it's literally like solid imagination. Okay? Think of it this way. Think of a song. Okay? Think of a record that has that's a good, clean record, brand new, and from the beginning of the record to the end of the record, is continually changing music. Nothing is ever repeating. It's just a continually new, evolving song for a whole record, like 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that would be regular reality. That, that's the way reality really is. Okay? Now, that's the, that's the non-solid reality. Okay? Solid reality would be that same record with a bunch of skips in it. Okay, so let's just say there's like a four-second skip in the first five minutes of the song. So one, that loop, that little loop there, that would mm-hmm. create a, a, a looping imagery of that four seconds. And as that looped more and more and more, as you saw the loop more and more and more, you would say, oh, I see something forming. I see a shape. I see a pattern forming. So there must be something solid there. But really, it's not solid. It's just the same information or same signal repeating over and over again. 
leaving an imprint. You see what I'm saying? So hmm. if, if you were to lift up the needle and let the record play uh, normally without the repeating, then there wouldn't be any solidity anymore. It would all be back to brand new in every moment. There'd be nothing repeating. There'd be nothing solid anymore. So the repetition gives the appearance of solidness. Just like if you had a, a five-year-old child and, and um, that child was to come home one day and you had a, a can of Coca-Cola on your counter. If your kid comes home and says, oh, what's that? You say, oh, it's Coke. And then, you know, a week or two later, the kid comes again and sees another can of Coke. And they, and they say, what's that? And you say, what's Coke? And then the third time, uh, two weeks later, same, 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 same thing again. That child is going to remember through, through that imprint, through that repetition, that that's a can of Coke. Because if you didn't repeat that, it wouldn't be the same thing every time, right? So that's how come they teach us in school through repetition. Yes, because it imprints, it programs, okay? It programs, it's automated. Just like when you see a banana, it, you, your mind automatically says banana. You can't even stop your mind from saying banana. It just says it automatically as soon as you see a banana because it's programmed into your mind. Just like, just like if you see a, uh, you know, if I have a, uh, a fetish for, um, you know, nice toes or something, whenever I see nice toes, I'd be like, oh, my God, like, it'd be automatic, you know, because it's programmed in there. So think of a whole reality program to you. What, when you see a man wearing a white coat uh, and a lab coat and a glasses and a stethoscope and their name says doctor, it means, it means that you can trust them. And this man who has, who has a gun and a badge and, you know, a belt with a walkie-talkie, that's a police officer. And you gotta listen to them. And this guy's a judge. See his little black robe and white hat and whatever, whatever. That's a judge. And so all these images of people are taught to you. See this image? You believe that image. You listen to that image. Like all the our whole world has been taught to us, programmed to us, literally programmed from birth to to. Be, for us to be told who our authority is, who to listen to, who to obey, who not to obey, how much money to give to this, the government, this person, that. Everything's been told to us. They just told you. Hey, you, give your money, half your money here. See this person over here with a badge? You believe them, you listen to them, follow whatever they say. This guy with the coat, follow him, do this. Is the government, the UN, U.S., the Canada, blah, blah, You, If you ever get a letter from them, do you, you got to respond, like, Every like whatever it is, like it's the whole thing is just a bunch of memorized ideas that have nothing to do with you. How did how did someone allegedly five hundred years ago or whatever a group of ten, twelve, thirteen people get together, write something on paper, sign it, and suddenly you now can be taxed five hundred years in the future? 300 years in the future, on a day-to-day basis because they wrote something and they signed it 300 years ago. 
What does that have anything to do with you? Nothing. We, you know, we declare the incorporation of the United States, blah, 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 four, three, four hundred years ago. Okay, so what does that have to do with you, someone taking your money right now? Like, were you included in that contract? Were you briefed on what's going on? Like, was your name in that incorporation or something? No. So, in that treaty? Whatever. I mean, it's just, it's just words on paper. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just meaningless. It's I, I mean, if I take some, like, five pieces of paper and I give them to you and I say, hey, um, this is worth uh, $10,000. So, you know, sell me your car. You're going to be like, whatever, there's this five, five blank piece of paper, right? And then, so then I write some numbers on them. Okay, here's a $1,000 bill, $5,000 bill, $3,000 bill. Here. You're, you're still going to laugh and throw them back at me. But if I put a stamp, you know, seal of the government of the United States on that same piece of paper I just wrote the $5,000 on, then suddenly it's real? I mean, how much does it cost to make a dollar bill? It costs like 27 cents. How much does it cost to make a $5 bill? 27 cents. $10 bill? 27 cents. $50 bill? 27 cents. $100 bill? 27 cents. So if it costs 27 cents to make a $1 bill and 27 cents to make a $100 bill, why do I have to work 100 times harder for the $100 bill than the $1 bill when it costs the same Mm -hmm. amount of money to make? You see what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So that's that's an illusion, right? That's that's an illusion. What the hell could that hundred dollar bill be worth more, hundred times more than the one dollar bill when it costs the exact same amount of money to make both of them? That's like that's instant profit, right? Think if you were making the money, all you had to do is add two digits, zero zero, to that bill, and suddenly you can get. $999.73 more for that bill than the other bill, just because you printed two extra zeros on the end of the one. Well, so, uh, Renee, we have like 10 minutes left, and I want you to be able to give out your information. I want to tell the listeners that Renee is going to be back this Wednesday also. So make sure you join us Wednesday at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And um, if you have a question that you want to ask Renee, you can raise your hand, and that's 323-642-1586. But Renee, how can they uh, contact you and give them your website? Certainly. The website is uh, innersoultech.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-S-O-U-L-T-E-C-H.com, innersoultech.com. YouTube is youtube.com forward slash innersoultech, I-N-N-E-R-S-O-U-L-T-C-H. And also on Facebook uh, under Renee Hamilton, that's R-E-N-E, Hamilton. And you'll also see the, the nickname Power of Soul underneath that. Facebook. Okay. All righty. But this, you know, I I get what you're saying, but it's 
it's just trying, it's just re, the memory and the imagination. We seem like we live in the memory because we always thinking about what happened yesterday or what happened uh, when, you know, years ago, or we thinking about what we're going to do to make tomorrow better or to get some more money. And it seems like we we everywhere but right here in the now. Yeah, totally. And the, the, the big thing about that is the number one thing is is that we have to start to identify with being the awareness, the, the, the awakeness that's watching all the thoughts watching the body, feeling the sensations. Okay, we, we have to switch our focus rather than being the body, the, the watcher, that, the, aware, the awareness the, that's watching the body. Because once you start to switch your identity from one to the other, then the other will start to fade. So, for example, the physical body, the physical world will start to fade off into the distance Almost like you're you're viewing it from twenty, thirty feet away. So when thoughts arise or memories arise, they're sort of at a distance. They're not so in your face. They're not like so overpowering. It's almost like you're like floating in space almost and these images start to come up towards you of who who the images want who the images want you to think that you are. And you just say, oh, nice try, and sort of dismiss it. And then it, it sort of goes away. So you're always in this, or not always, but ideally, always in a, an aware state, watching thoughts come and go, but never actually holding on to them. See, thoughts are like, they're like crazy glee. Once you hold on to a thought or spend more than a few seconds pondering on, on a thought, it, mm-hmm. it literally to try and merge with you, it literally starts to like embed itself in you like a parasite. And once the thought gets in you, it's sort of, it's like being possessed by like a demon or whatever. Like it's, it takes over the body. It takes over the feelings, the thoughts, your perception. I mean, everything. It's, it's like being possessed, man. These thoughts are relentless. They're just relentless. And and the thoughts are what you would call artificial intelligence. Okay, that's, don't, don't worry about any technological artificial intelligence. It's, it's already here. It's already called your thoughts. And it's not even intelligent because anything that's artificial is not intelligent. Okay? Right. It's, the op- it's artificial, not intelligent. Okay? So to give it, to say it's, it, it is intelligent is to give something that is a, a deceiver power. Okay, it's it's total. It only thrives through our ignorance. In in us, when we think we are unintelligent, whenever we hear the word intelligence, we will think that that word and whatever is associated with that word will be better than us. And all this is a word. This is wordplay, man. Like our whole world has been absolutely hypnotized, if you want to call it, or yes. um, captured under words. I literally, like, Beverly, you literally, anyone, 
could literally start a whole new religion and take over the whole world just by saying the right words. It's, it's that simple. People believe anything, anything until we actually realize that beliefs and thoughts are just stories. They're, they're not solid things. They're not. But we think they're. We think, oh, the image of me eating a, you know, a, a cheese whiz sandwich, you know, a grilled cheese sandwich a week ago, that, that was me eating. That was me doing it. You know, whatever we imagine, we feel. Okay? Almost like when you're young, some people are bullied or they had some trauma or someone died or whatever. And whenever they think about that or imagine that today, you know, 40 years later, they still feel the same energies. They still feel the same depression, the same sadness, same guilt, same trauma. That's because our nervous system is not located in the body. Our nervous system is our imagination. That's why whenever you put some scary story on the news or on Facebook, uh, this virus, that virus, or whatever, then just our imagination of that virus is enough to set us into emotional disarray. There's no, there's no physical anything attacking us, but some people are sitting in our living rooms, people are freaking out because our imagination is creating sensations. You know, the more vivid your imagination, the more vivid, more vivid the sensations, right? So we have to be careful where we're placing our imagination. Because if we sit there and ponder on all these scary stories and all this political nonsense, our literal energies, force energies, are being manipulated by these stories all day long. And they're not real. They're not, just because someone wearing, is wearing a tie, you know, and has a nice haircut, and they're on TV, whatever, getting paid uh, two million a year to spout out whatever, doesn't mean it's real. doesn't mean because people are wearing suits and business suits and talking on TV means it's a real thing. It's, I mean, this whole world is the world of illusion. Nothing on the physical world is true. Nothing. Not a shred of anything anywhere, ever, any book, anything said, anything shown, any vision. Nothing is true in the physical world. Nothing. Not a shred. The closest you, you can get is someone pointing towards the truth. And that truth has to be unlimited or it's not the truth. And there's no way to describe something unlimited. You can't even describe the truth. You can only point towards it. So anyone who is pointing towards something that can be described accurately must not be talking about the truth. If they're talking about something limited or has a name, or a shape, or a distance, or a height, or a weight, or a dimension, can't be the truth. So all this talk about the fifth dimension and 12-strand DNA is nonsense. Because there are unlimited dimensions, right here, right now, and there are unlimited everything. So 12-strand DNA, why would you even limit yourself to 12 strands? Why wouldn't you have a, a, 10 gazillion million DNA, or strands, or not have none? have no limitations. That's why I even have some three-letter word control your destiny, DNA. That's just a concept. That's just another idea floating in my mind that I created. So how could the idea that I created control my destiny? It can't. It can't. I'm the painter. The painting cannot rise up beyond me. I'm the painter. 
doesn't matter how scary of an idea I, co- I conjure up, I'm still beyond that. doesn't matter how amazing and beautiful of an idea I conjure up, I'm still beyond that because I'm the dreamer. So if there's something that amazes you, like the idea of God or Jesus or this or that or, you know, some superhero or whatever, some sort of unlimited power, and that amazes you, then you should be amazed about yourself because you're the one who dreamed up that idea. So you're obviously light years beyond that idea, whatever it is. So we are the ultimate. It's just a matter of us recognizing that we are unlimited right now by paying attention to how reality is being formed within our mind. It's all in our, it's all in our memory. A whole, a whole reality is our memory. It's all in our mind. It's all one. There never was two. All consciousnesses, Beverly, Renee, Joanne, down the street, there is no individual. It's all the same being. The same God source is playing all the characters. It's playing you, it's playing me, it's playing the dog, it's playing the cat, the truck, the car. It's all one nebulous life form. And and how could you define that, that being? He's playing every character and everything and every sound and color and emotion and sensation. How could you define uh, infinity itself? There's no way to define anything anywhere ever because it's all infinite. So that's when your mind starts to quiet down. When you realize there's not 10 billion, million different things, there's this one thing happening. Then you, then your mind can say, oh, I can relax. I, there's, I don't have to memorize all these different names and descriptions and you know, methods for things working and stories. and You don't have to complicate your mind anymore. It's all source. It's all live. It's all one. It's literally everything and every moment is source at its fullest. Not even hidden, not even limited. It's this is source. Even us being confused or searching for God or war or famine or someone being chopped up to pieces, you know, mutilated, even that is God doing it. It's it's, it's whole, it is perfect. It's the way it's 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 the way it is. It just is. It's whole. Every moment is full. Even even suffering is part of this wholeness. Source wants to experience everything. So it does everything. It's it's the victim, it's the victimizer, it's the pain, it's the, it's the knife, it's the wound, it's the flower, it's the orgasm, it's the baby, it's the you know, four wheel drive truck. It's everything. And it is you So So you're saying that twenty four seven we need mm-hmm. to stay in our imagination. No, you need to stay aware of where your okay. imagination is. You are awareness first. You are awakeness watching first. Everything else is secondary to that. You are aliveness. Okay. You, are, you are life force itself. You are source watching your unlimited imagination, which seems to be alive, play out in front of you. It's playing out as the moon. It's playing out as other people. It's playing out as your phone, as the dirt the ground, toilet, food, your whole world. Your whole world is made of your imagination. And that imagination is living, it's alive, it's unlimited. It's, it, this, so that it, conversation, this, that conversation that we have in our mind that yeah. constantly be going on, that's what we have to uh, pay attention to? We have, we have, we have to pay attention is, to that that. That conversation is something we're sensing. 
Okay, just like when you see a car drive by on the street, you, you're mm-hmm. sensing it, sense of vision. When you hear a song, when you're, uh, you know, uh, walking by a music store, you're sensing this music with your sense of sound. When you taste something, you you taste a ham sandwich, you're tasting it with your sense of sm- uh, taste, uh, sense of taste. Likewise, when you hear a thought, you're sensing it with your sense of thinking. You you have the ability to sense thoughts, but that doesn't mean that you are them. Just like if I'm sensing a barbecue in the distance, doesn't mean oh I am the barbecue. Doesn't mean because I'm I'm hearing your your voice on the phone that this voice is me. It's something I'm sensing. When you can pull away from the ownership of the senses, okay? okay rather than saying, oh, I, I, I'm sick. I'm sick this week. I've got a flu. All you have to say is, I sense some discomfort. Sensing discomfort. Okay. You're sensing it. You're, you're not sick. You're not the sickness. You're not even sensing sickness. You're just sensing discomfort. So there's this body. There's this vision that you're sensing right now. There's this thoughts you're sensing. There's the sensations that that you're sensing. You seem to be sensing a life of Beverly. You seem to be sensing a life of Beverly. But not, but not just Beverly. There's lots of other things that, that you're sensing other than Beverly. Music, art, feelings, visions, other people, whatever. There's lots more that, that you're sensing other than Beverly, right? So, so right. you're sen- sensing, but you're not that which you're sensing. Where we went, where we got tricked is identifying with what we're sensing. Okay? What we're sensing is the six senses. Okay? Sound, taste, touch, hearing, smell, and thought. Okay? That's what the eye of Horus is, the eye of Ra. It's a, it's a mathematical equation breaking down the six senses. You can go Google that, and, and it will show the mathematical sense and how much they role they play in each of our lives. So the six senses are the world of illusion, it's the world of separation. So we're sensing the world, but we're not. What is being sensed is not us. So. I say it's not us because it's temporary. So the body, the, the physical world, earth, if you want to call it, is always changing. It's moving. It's always in flux. Forms are changing, moving, coming, going. Okay? But you, as awareness, are always here, stationary. You're, like, not moving, and everything else is moving through you. Okay? Cars, wind, other people, music, you know, dancing, TV, working, everything that you experience in the world is moving through your awareness. It shows up in your awareness and then leaves your awareness. Almost like a car driving by. You're walking down the, you're walking down the street and it's, there's no traffic. It's just a nice hot summer day. And it's suddenly way off in the distance, seemingly, there's some car driving, and suddenly it's getting a little bigger, 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 
and, and then it gets maximum height or size, and then suddenly boom, it starts getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And then one minute later, it's gone. So, so that whole sequence sort of showed up in your awareness and then left your awareness. Okay? Showed up, left. Where did it come from? Where did it go to? One thing we know is it came and it was gone. It was temporary. Everything within our um, six senses is temporary. Therefore, it can't be real. You know, for example, a thought. When a thought arises within our awareness, never permanent. A thought never is there all the time. It comes and goes. So if a thought is not permanent and comes and goes, what does a thought that's not permanent know about permanence? What is a thought that's impermanent, that's not permanent? What does thought know about permanence? I don't. It doesn't know anything. It's not it, that doesn't even know what permanence is, because it itself is not permanent. So you have a lot of thoughts telling you things about life, telling you things that it thinks are permanent about life, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You have a lot of thoughts declaring things about life that it thinks are permanent. Like, hey, that's a cat, that's a cow, that's a dog. These are very permanent declarations, right? But what would a, mm-hmm. but what would a thought know about that? It wouldn't. It wouldn't know what is permanent or impermanent. So a thought can only say things that are memorized. It can't, it can't say something new. But every moment is brand new. Every moment is brand new, but a thought can only talk about old things. But what does a thought know about the newness of every moment? And a belief can never say anything new either. It can only repeat. So what does a belief know about the newness of every, of every moment that is always new and changing? It doesn't know anything. Every moment is always new and changing. What does a belief that is always old and non-changing know about it? Nothing. So beliefs and ideas, sorry, beliefs and opinions know nothing about reality because they're, they're, they're not new. Reality itself is always 100% brand new and changing. Always. Something that is not new and not changing has no idea about newness. So our beliefs have no idea what reality is because they're because they're not they're not they haven't caught up to the newness of this moment. They're all, they're, they're still using old words, old ideas to explain something brand new. Right? If every moment's brand new and changing, how could, I old, how could I use old words and old ideas that are non-changing to describe that? Interesting. We have to, mm-hmm. have to be like children who, who see the world as, as new. You see, newness is the unknown. Newness is the unknown. Because we don't know what it is. It's new. It's 
brand new. It's unknown. It's a mystery. Okay, so we want to get out of the known, which is our memory, and we want to get into the unknown, which is the newness, which is the now. We have to let the known go. We have to step into the unknown. We have to develop a love for the unknown because that's the source of life. It's brand new. It's unknown. It's, it's new. It's unlimited. There's no way to describe it. Is there, any, is there any way to describe unlimited newness? No. What could you say? It's brand new. We don't even know what it is. It's new. So every moment is brand new. So to be describing reality in any moment is insane. Because now we are stepping outside of the newness. Now we are stepping outside of the source of energy. Now we're stepping outside of ourselves and looking for something elsewhere, outside of our infiniteness. And we'll be looking for something old, which is impossible. There's nothing is old. We'll be looking to um, sort of recreate a memory of something that we experienced, that we enjoyed. It could be a sexual experience. It could be a drug-induced experience. It could be, uh, you know, giving birth or getting married or, you know, some sort of exciting experience. We could be trying to recreate that in each moment, because those were the good old days. But in doing that, we are ignoring the newness of each moment. Now we're trying to say, I, I, I don't care about the newness of each moment. I just want this old image to, to show up. I want to re- replay this old sequence over and over and over, and over, and over again. So now we're denying the, denying the newness by trying to recreate the oldness. And likewise, we could be so focused on a future situation like trying to find a soulmate or, you know, have a certain job position or whatever that we become obsessed with. And we cannot even enjoy each new moment because we think each new moment is not good enough because, you know, you want it to be this future vision of having a soulmate or having this dream job position. So we're never satisfied with the now because we're always trying to find something better to happen right, right now. So now we're living in a panic of thinking, hey, I only got 20, 30 more years on earth left and I'm still not happy yet. So I need to really focus on the future to build my dream to be happy eventually one day rather than realize the future doesn't exist and the past doesn't exist. So why would I focus on these two different worlds I can't even change, I can't even interact with, when I could be spending my time really interacting with right now and really building my dream right now? You know, which, which I actually can see happening because I can actually interact with right now. I cannot interact with the future or past. So they even ponder on those two false, fake worlds that don't exist is even is insane to begin with. So we really have to focus all of our attention on right now because when we heal, it happens right now. When we suffer, it happens now. When we have pain, it happens now. When we have insight, it happens now. Everything happens now. And it happens instantly. 
It doesn't take weeks or whatever to heal or years. It's it's instant. We just have beliefs that tell us it takes six months to heal a broken leg or a broken arm or whatever. So then our body just follows those instructions. But if we didn't have that, that didn't have that belief, it takes six months or three months to heal a broken arm, then it can heal instant. It can literally heal in one second or what you would call a second. If we had the imagination uh, that was uh, that, that was limitless to allow that to happen, but our our imagination is limited by our beliefs quite often, so we don't experience this magic, this spontaneous unlimitedness, because our beliefs will say, "Hey, no way, that's not possible. It takes six months minimum to heal your broken knee. You know, there's no way I can jump over three feet. I'm a human being. You know, I'm limited to this. I'm limited to that. Nonsense." Those are just a bunch of limitations one has placed upon their imagination and thinks they're real. Therefore, they've artificially limited their their reality with these artificial limited restraints called beliefs that have nothing to do with freedom. The opposite. It's like an, it's like an internal slave master, beliefs. Because beliefs are always insecure. They're always judging. They always want to be right. They always repeat themselves. They're never standing new. They never shut up. There's no way to turn them off. They're always complaining. Um, they're always defensive. It's just, it's like having a tyrant in your in your mind, man. Their beliefs are just insane. They're literally, logically, and fundamentally insane. It's like living with a schizophrenic. Beliefs are absolutely bark, crazy, mad. All of them. Not some of them. Not the ones you don't like. All of them. Even the good ones. Even ones like, I believe in God. Even that is absolutely lunatic. Because we created the beliefs. I imagine the beliefs. So how could something I imagine be bigger or better than me? when I'm the one who imagined it. It doesn't even make any sense. I'm the one who's creating an idea. So how could the idea that I created somehow rise above me and be some sort of sovereign intelligence that somehow rises above me? It's totally illogical. So the whole idea of God is to, in the classical sense of of a separate being from you, is is that this being is separate from you. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it's an idea of that. We, we somehow think our ideas are the real thing. If I have an idea about how, what it takes to fix a car, and I'm not a mechanic, and I, I just sort of randomly come up with an idea of how to take apart my engine and put it back together... Is that actually the truth? No, because I'm not a mechanic and I don't know how to do that. So, but even beyond that, is is, mere, is merely me pondering on something, the actual event itself? No. So how the hell can me be? How can hell can me thinking about something be the actual thing? It can't. So why do we have people out there who are you know who are like? 
you know, for example, someone's like, call someone the N-word, right? Um, then the person who's receiving that is like, what? They disrespected me. Time to beat some ass. You know, beat some ass. Well, they didn't, didn't, didn't disrespect you because they just spouted out a word, an idea. So unless that idea itself somehow physically attacked you, you're not hurt. No one's, no one's injured. So we treat these ideas like the real thing. Like, for example, if I say, hey, you're a human being, you may not argue with that. You may say, yeah, he's right. But on another hand, are you a human being? I mean, what is that? You don't even know my definition of a human being. And are you a definition? Are you any definition? I mean, as far as I know, we are pure experience. I mean, how many experiences have we had? Unlimited? So is there any way to describe unlimited experience itself? No. How can we describe ourselves, considering we are unlimited experience? We can't. We cannot describe ourselves. We are unlimited experience. Where are, you, where are you going to start? Oh, I smell an orange. I smell a banana. Oh, I, my toe hurts. I stubbed it on the corner. Oh, oh, I'm watching my favorite TV show. Like, Where are you going to start to describe this infinite thing that you are that's infinitely changing in every moment, that's unlimited, that has unlimited experiences, that hasn't seen the beginning or ending of every moment, has unlimited imagination? I mean, the whole memory of reality is, is, is inside your mind, like, you are projecting reality in, in real time. Like, how could you describe this, this unknown thing? I mean, the word human being is just a word. How could you be just a word? Clearly, whatever you are is beyond the word. Clearly, what everything is is beyond the word and description. So why do we even bother describe? Unless you want to believe it is that word and is that description and limit our reality to these limited concepts that aren't even the really real thing. So this isn't the game of pretend. When you are imagining, so you don't describe, when you are imagining something, don't you describe that too? Well, there's there's a process of conceptualization and that describing could be termed as um, a constructive describing. Like, for example, me doing my artwork. I am defining edges. I am creating lines. I'm creating artwork. I'm creating patterns or harmony or architecture or whatever. And I'm conceptualizing that within my imagination, like making, you know, like like a little movie in my mind. So... There's, there's a creative process involved, yet I could take uh, a very limited concept and, and identify with that. Then I would be limiting my experience from, from that point in point. So it wouldn't be so much a creative endeavor. It would be more of a limiting endeavor. So, so there are different ways that, that we can use imagination to limit us mm-hmm. or to, us, to trick ourselves, to... To free our, our ourselves or to imprison ourselves. 
it, it really depends on our intent. Okay. Well, Renee Hamilton, uh, I want to thank you for this insight, and uh, we will do this again this coming Wednesday at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I look forward to talking to you Wednesday. Absolutely. Thank you so much again, my dear friend. It's great to be back on on your show for sure. It's great to have you. Well, we'll talk to you uh, Wednesday and appreciate the work that you're doing. Thank you. Peace and love. Thank you. Peace and love, my friend. Okay, everyone. Come back Wednesday. Oh, well, you know I'll be here Sunday and Monday and Tuesday. Much love. Don't let them take you down. Stand for what you believe. Don't let them take your crown. Be strong and you can achieve. Don't let them take you down. Stand for what you believe. Don't let them take your crown. Be strong and you can achieve. Just keep your head high in your wisdom. We gon' shine. Just keep your head high in your wisdom. We gon' shine. Just keep your head high in your wisdom. We gon' shine. Just keep your head high in your wisdom. We gon' shine. Get up off of your uh and do something and do something. Get up off of your uh and do something and do something. Get up off of your uh and do something and do something. Get up off of your uh and do something and do something. Call me a nigga for the things they coos. A leader for the people I can never be reduced. Like pop with a gun in the middle where they choose. But these record companies wanna put me in a noose. Modern day slave in the home of the brave. We just tryna get paid for they put us in the grave. Never been afraid, yeah they got me in a bag. So I don't give a hell about your Confederate flag. Born in a city where the gritty die young with a pity by guns to protect. Running for the life is with their hands in the air Horse there screaming out, better check yourself Like you with the boys in the hood Jumping out the low rider with my house slippers on In the middle with a swap meet Selling vinyl at the back seat Going gold on the street Don't let them take you down Stand for what you believe Don't let them take your crown Be strong and you can achieve Don't let them take you down Stand for what you believe Don't let them take your crown Be strong and you can achieve
selling hope where they selling coke in the ghetto where the metal poke from the waistline. Come and taste mine, get your numb from the baseline. Never waste time, push it to the limit, never be intimate. I'ma lay it on the line, I define grind when I rhyme, time to the time climb in your mind. I shine on a pine, but I shine with a line like Christ coming back for the second time, second time. Never listen when they told me what I couldn't do. I turn a blind when they told me I just shouldn't do. I keep it real for my people in the field, trying to build and kill with your mental as a full field. Shine bright like a diamond in a brick, y'all. So when the sun flash rays, you can stand out. Don't depend upon that next man for your bread. Make your own, never settle for Don't the hand out. Take you down. Stand for what you believe. Don't let them take your crown. Be strong and you can achieve. Don't let them take you down. Stand for what you believe. Don't let them take your crown. Be strong and you can achieve. Get up off of your uh and do something and do something. Get up off of your uh and do something and do something. Get up off of your uh and do something and do something. Get up off of your uh and do something and do something. Don't talk about it, be about it, push you to the limit like that, like that. Don't talk about it, be about it, push you to the limit like that, like that. Don't talk about it, be about it, push you to the limit like that, like that. Don't talk about it, be about it, push you to the limit like that, like that. Don't talk about it, better be about it like that. A little flexibility can go a long way. By refinancing your newer used auto loan with PenFed, you can lower your monthly payments for more flexibility in your budget. You can even schedule your first payment for up to 60 days from the date of your refinance. Calculate how much you could save at PenFed.org slash autorefi or call 1-800-247-5626 to apply. Membership is open to everyone. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Here's three great reasons to get the new Samsung Galaxy S21 5G at T-Mobile. One, it's free for both current and new customers when you trade in an eligible device. Two, T-Mobile's the leader in 5G coverage. So three, you can unleash 5G speeds in more places with your new phone. Get the new Galaxy S21 free at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G coverage. Phone via 24 monthly bill credits plus tax. If you cancel credit, stop and balance on required finance agreement may be due. Contact us. Qualifying credit and consumer plan required. See details at T-Mobile.com.